The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hardly Kayfabe, uh, your favorite, I'm just making a giant assumption there, uh, source of pro wrestling talk here on the network. I am one of your hosts, I am Johnny Townsend, and today I am joined by uh, Maverick, Matt Johnson. What's up, Matt? What's going on, dude? How are you? Happy, well, at time of recording Thursday, I'm not sure when this episode will go up, but uh, happy day to you. My friend, and to our listeners, we thank you for joining us. Uh, Chris is out. Chris is out. He got buried alive over the weekend. That wasn't AJ Styles. <laughs> that was uh, that was just not gonna lie. That was that was Chris. That was Chris. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't heard from them since. You would think we'd be more concerned, considering he is our friend. But yep. uh, I just kind of figured he's got it. He's got it handled. <laughs> he's probably been buried alive at least three or four times on the show. I think. <laughs> I always feel like, you know, uh, let's talk comic books for a second. When, uh, you know, Professor X or any of those, uh, any of the X-Men who can read minds, to me that seems like the worst power to have because I'd rather not know everybody who's burying me in the mind. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I'd rather be purely ignorant. (laughs) I didn't mean figuratively buried. I meant buried alive at least three or four times. Uh, he's had he's had he's had some quite a few incidents on this show in in, in the realm of pro wrestling, uh, but yeah, he is not joining us today. So uh, we're gonna. I know he wanted to talk WrestleMania with uh, with us, so we're gonna wait on that. Uh, pretty exciting weekend, of course. But uh, today we're gonna keep it straight to the point, fun, simple, and uh, yeah, just the the usual Johnny and Matt treatment we're gonna roll with. Uh, so. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, Matt, uh, we both have watched it. The latest episode of Vice's Dark Side of the Ring, a very, uh, as a pro wrestling fan, i got to say, I'd love the series so far. It's uh, been wonderful. I, I, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, I mean, I know the broad story of a lot of these things, but you're getting so much insight out of this. Uh, like, I, I'm actually surprised how much is, like, revealed. I mean, that, that's the draw in it. That's why I, I enjoy it as much as I do. But Yeah, um, and, I, I, and I also love that, you know, some of the people that have on there who are ones who were there for whatever the subject matter is, but sometimes some of these people are like, I don't know if uh, <laughs> if I'm being kayfabed or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they come out very, very straightforward. The New Jack one was a little weird, but I think for the yeah. most part, all these everybody's kind of come across straightforward, which is... Which is awesome. It, it's cool to see. And that's really my like interest in, in pro wrestling at this point. Like my diehard interest is pulling back that curtain a little bit and hearing right. what really went on with a lot of decisions. Yeah, same and, here. Uh, and what was it Tuesday? I think Tuesday it came out. I think Tuesday it came out. But Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday we it was accessible to the you know on like YouTube and this and that. But uh, yeah, this week they talked about Brawl for All. And That's right. The very infamous, I would dare say, 
uh, event in which they were having shoot fights. Yeah. In the WWE. I didn't know yeah. what that was about because I remember watching it as a kid. I remember watching it as a kid and I was like, this is weird. This is really weird. But I, I remember hating it. <laughs> yeah. The fans hated it too, clearly. But it's just yeah. like, why? Uh, but in hindsight, you get to kind of hear what it was, you know, all about. And yeah, so let's kind of, uh, so let's kind of say the reason I brought up that before, but I don't know if I'm being kayfabe or not with some of these people. Uh, two of the main talking heads on this one were Vince Russo, who I never know if you're being worked or not when he's talking, bro, and bro, 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 bro. I don't even like pro wrestling, bro. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> and of course, old Corny himself, Jim Cornette. Uh, who I feel is always working. So, um, even working himself out of work. <laughs> that yeah, that too, that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so those are your main two talking heads on this. Uh, I mean, they also of course have some of the guys who were involved, the actual fighters who were involved in this. Uh, I think my favorite. I'm going to ask you this: Who is your favorite talking head in this? Uh, I think. Well, Godfather was a nice part of it. But, yes, thank you. That's okay. who I was going to say. But I did yeah. like what Bart Gunn had to offer. Yes, he's his. He was very fascinating. Because I never heard. Uh, but, I never like sat down and listened to him before. I, I hardly remember him. Uh, I, of course, I. Knew, I remember the name. I remember the name. Remember, of course, I yeah. knew he was part of the Smoking Guns. But I like growing up watching. That's the era right before I stopped watching. But I was like, who the who's Bart Gunn? Uh, yeah. Why? <laughs> So I had no idea. Yeah, why it, Bart Gun? What? <laughs> Where Bart Gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I'm with you. Uh, I think he's the. To me, he comes off the best in this. Yeah. Um, like I found what he was saying fascinating, and I wouldn't mind hearing more from him. Uh, the Godfather was who I feel like if I met him. In real life, how I'd want him to be is <laughs> kind of how he came off. Oh yeah, uh, just like that, just like that. Yeah, and um, yo, watching. Did, I don't know how you felt, but watch seeing draws. I was like sad. Yes, that saddened me. Uh, it, yeah, I was, but I, I was saddened too. However, I was very happy to see him on there talking though. That was nice because I didn't know he's 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 a guy who I've had no idea uh you know what what's his future is it's good to see yeah, that, yeah. see that him and D'Lo are in good shit yeah it's been a long time but it's good to see like him and D'Lo are in touch and in, in, in all that stuff and and it, it's there's no like ill will at least that that was spoken no, to of. me it seems like yeah of course if, I'm assuming most people know but if you don't um, D'Lo and Draws were in a wrestling match. And they were going up for a power bomb, and it went wrong. And that's putting it mildly. And Jaraz literally ended up being paralyzed for the rest of his life. So that's what happened. Um, they touch on that here on this documentary, even though it really technically doesn't have a lot to do with uh, dark side of the, you know about the subject matter at hand. However, I'm really glad they did. Um, honestly, it seemed to affect D'Lo more because I've seen him actually talk about it at other things too. And like he, he you can tell in the depths of his soul that. That he, you know, he hates that it happened. Oh, that was a part of it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that psychologically, that's going to screw you up. That you just ended a man's career, yeah. and of course, it was unintentional. Uh, but right, it, yeah, it was a complete accident. But, yeah, it, it, yeah it, still. I've seen, I've seen a lot of things go wrong, and people just self destruct in the back. They're upset, and it stinks because uh, only you and the guy out there, are the only, and maybe even even the referee, are the only people who knows what happened. Uh, 
you got to come back and face a locker room who doesn't know what went on in the ring, whether, whether something uh, just slipped up, was it, you know, just a complete whatever. You know, you got to face that music, and it's it's yeah. a hard thing. It's like um, I'm trying to think of what, you know, what a stark difference it is between those two talking about that and and what we watched the week before. Oh, yeah. With New Jack talking about you know, New Jack, uh, like, like he literally deserved what he, it. He deserved it. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't do nothing wrong. Comes off. You dropped him. I didn't do nothing wrong. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what a what a stark difference. But yeah, I was really happy to see him. I would have loved to have some Bob Holly on there personally, but he he wasn't on there. No, uh, Bob. That was like shocking. Like it, it just the, the amount of like, and you really think about it too. The amount of badass dudes in that tournament. In that tournament. Yeah. When you when none you, of them I would want to mess with. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and like the whole concept of it starting was like kind of funny because I, I'm a fan of Bradshaw the character, but I'm not a fan of Bradshaw the person, because uh, yeah. he all the harassment stuff and and uh, hazing and just being a big bully, uh, and you can kind of see the early tendencies. So Vince Russo kind of like almost set him up in a way, like it was very very intriguing. Um, not from a money standpoint, but okay, okay, big mouth, we're gonna put you out there, and then he ended up getting Kate knocked out. Uh, but there was a lot of tough guys in there. Doctor Death, of course, Godfather was legit. Yeah. You know, we just met. He's a legit. He was like a bouncer. He beat up pimps. He played a pimp on TV, but he beat up pimps. Uh, for you know that that was his mo. Uh, yeah, there there was several several others. Bob Holly, of course, Bart Bart Gunn. Uh. Mark Merrow, who had a boxing background, but it was like, it was just peculiar. Like, oh, you guys, yeah, you get a you get a bit, nice big bonus if you win this thing or if you enter this thing. And honestly, probably two of their careers ended up panning out afterwards from it. And it will not even just immediately from it, just panning out, period. Yeah, uh, okay, so I'm going to tell you this. Uh Obviously, uh, unlike you, I have no actual pro wrestling experience, but uh, I have met one of the people that we saw as a talking head during this show. Can you guess which one of these people that I've actually met and had a conversation with? Let me let me think. Let me do some thinking. Christ, I can't even think of it. Um, he He was toward the end. Who's your second clue? Mm. No, not ringing a bell. Man, um, I'm gonna feel really what? stupid when you say it. Okay, he's he wasn't he's not actually a pro wrestler. I'm gonna help you even more. Jim Ross? No, no, he used at the beginning. He, he really doesn't have anything to do with wrestling except for this one thing he did. Oh, Butterbean, Butterbean, yes, yes, Butterbean, yes. <laughs> I've met Butterbean, had a conversation with him. He was actually super nice to me. Uh, so, um, it's just strange to me. Like I was looking at, looking at all these people that he pops up. I was like, Hey, I <laughs> I've talked to him before. <laughs> Isn't it a cool feeling? Isn't it a cool feeling? Uh, yeah. yeah. Have you met any of these people? Cause I know you, you've been quite, you've been, I don't know if luck, I think it's lucky just because these are some people that I would like to meet. Hardcore. You've been very fortunate. Hardcore Holly came to, to an some. ESW show a couple years ago. He was at an ESW show, um, think that might be it godfather I, I wasn't there but godfather was at an esw show within the last couple of years uh that's that might be it to be honest with you 
And I know Mark Merrill's from Buffalo, so that's that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have liked to have met Hardcore Holly. I've, I've, I've heard that he's uh, he's really mellowed out a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have heard yeah. that same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Um, but, yeah. So, of course, this Brawl for All, uh, we learned some pretty interesting stuff. Like you were saying that this was pretty much started because Russo just hated Bradshaw. <laughs> and... <laughs> And honestly, that part I feel is probably true because Russo seems like the kind of guy who would do something like that. Oh my God, <laughs> to, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. He just hated it. This this magazine writer just gets scooped up, and it's like, oh, and this is this is his like first like that's his first big brainchild is Brawl for All, and yeah. like it was it, it I felt like I was legit watching like a ESPN thirty for thirty documentary, uh, with how like Bart Gunn was talking, uh, because yeah. Uh, you know, they were trying to push – their big thing was they were trying to push Dr. Death really hard. He had right. just come into the company. He was a pretty accomplished uh, amateur wrestler. He, he was a he was a big name outside of uh, WWE. He was. Pro wrestling-wise. He was. Yeah. and I, Especially in Japan and such. Pretty huge. And I never knew why. I never knew why his career in WWF didn't pan out. But then I watched this, and I see him like, oh, that'll do it. You just got yeah. – you just got – knocked out and, and Jim Cornette was spot on like Jim Cornette was spot on. I know people don't like him uh but he was spot on like this was terrible like the Dr. Death is like a big name star he, they made him look like a they made him look like a bitch in front of the entire world uh yeah. that's that's what it was that's the problem with shooting um and doing just live go-ahead stuff because you discredit a lot of characters uh yeah that, that's a good point I don't think people realize that so here's here's my comparison Every year in the NBA during the All-Star Game, they have the slam dunk contest, right? And every year, they want to get the big names in it. They want to get, like, LeBron. Like, they've always wanted LeBron. I'm just going to use him as the example. They've always wanted LeBron James in it, but he never does it. And you know why? Because he has nothing to gain and literally everything to lose if he doesn't win. Yes. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with a shoot fight in wrestling. It's it's one That's 100% a very fair um, you know, thing and those guys too. They were all like lower mid carders. They were all lower mid carders. Yeah. They they had nothing. Uh, they had everything to gain, but so it hurt some of them. Like I said, a lot of those guys just fizzled right out. Bradshaw, of course, stuck around. Uh, but that's not a good look if you get KO'd. I forgot who, yeah. who knocked him out. I can't remember. Uh, was it? I don't remember. A lot of people got knocked out during this thing. It might have been Godfather. <laughs> it might have been Godfather. Uh. You can play a drinking game too during this, and that's uh, anytime Jim Ross mentions football. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> if somebody has a football program and he men- uh, background and he mentions it, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh man, it was. It was just astounding. Like I didn't know how real it was, and uh, and essentially Butterbean. What like Butterbean was almost. I I guess in a way, Bart Gunn's punishment uh, for doing yeah. good in the tournament, which is really like a messed up way of saying Because he straight out said, he goes, if, if I knock out your boy, Dr. Death, or am I going to get heat? And they're like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And he does it. And then they they feed him to, to Butterbean. It's like the winner of that tournament was supposed to go on to face, like, I think Stone Cold, right? It was supposed to be this, right, supposed yeah, to get this yes. monstrous push. And then uh, because it didn't happen the way they wanted it to, uh, and, and Barkun suffered because he did the right, he, he did, he didn't want to go out there and just lay down for anybody. That which I, 
Pro wrestling's so weird, man. It's so yeah, long. yeah, and they extra motivated him too by pretty much disrespecting him. Uh, you know, saying you know we uh, we know that Doctor Death is going to win here. We're not worried about it at all. You literally have no chance, and you're just giving the uh, you know the underdog all the fight they need right there. Especially a guy he legit he was he's, what's he doing? He's in a tag team. Uh, oh yeah, he had a knock. He had a knockout of his own partner, Hardcore Holly, and that was that was weird. Yeah, uh, he was talking about. Yeah, that, that. had to be awkward. They, cause they, <laughs> I think they roomed together that night, uh, and they had they a did, they yeah. had a tag <laughs> yes. like uh, just unbelievable. Just uh, how strange. I couldn't do that. I I, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. It, it it's such a tough thing. There's a lot of pride, I guess, that went to that tournament, but it just it just seems like a just a absolute disaster. Uh, the reason, the main reason, I'm. I felt that it was a dumb idea is that everybody who's in, who's a pro wrestling fan that I know, and I'm definitely obviously including myself in this. Uh, we all know that, you know, it's, it's, it's not a shoot fight. And that to me makes it better. Like I personally could care less. I know a lot of people love it, but I could care less about UFC. Just for example, I can't get into it because they don't do a good job of developing superstars. And the fights, yeah, and, and you can yeah, sit around yeah. all night for a main event, and it's over in a minute. Yeah, yes, good examples. And plus, I've just gotten now where, and I, I'm probably the, the softy on this show, but I've got now where, uh, you know, we know so much about all these head injuries and stuff uh, that I would much rather uh, people go into it putting on a show than people going into it literally trying to, you know, end each other's careers. No, I personally. I, I 100% agree with that. It, it, like, UFC was like really, really big in like the early, the like I used to 2010s. love it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I used to be a fan of it. I, I started to watch when Brock Lesnar joined because he was a legit, he was a legitimate, like he was like a character, and he had all these yeah. showmans. And nowadays, you got you know Conor McGregor comes and goes when he wants, you know when he wants to. You got that Khabib, but that's I mean you don't really have like these mainstream superstars. I I, I go over to my friend Eric's house. He's my one of my best friends, and we just happen to be neighbors now. Uh, but I go over his house sometimes for the UFC pay-per-views, pre-quarantine, pre-quarantine. Uh, but but <laughs> I go to watch these fights, and I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, supposedly really you. good. You know, it's not like the days when you had GSP and Anderson Silva and and uh, you know just Liddell, Chuck, the name Chuck I Liddell, Rashad Evans, and all yeah. those guys. See, those are names I know. Yeah. So we must have watched it during the same time. And I couldn't tell you anybody is now besides maybe. Conor McGregor yeah. might be the only name I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, and it's not because I even like him. It's just the name that I've heard before. He's mainstream. But then, yeah, yeah. Th- then this brawl for all thing, you have a legit a bunch of people who are nobodies. Uh, and, not, and that's not like an insult, but nobody knew who the hell Hardcore Holly was in 1997. Bart right. Gunn was, was the godfather was in between his like third or fourth gimmick at that point. Uh, yeah, what, so I, I, I do not blame any of the yeah I do not blame any of the wrestlers who were told hey there's a chance you could win real big money in this yeah. like I do not blame them especially if you're on uh, you're kind of the mid card level at best it's not like you're making stone cold money no you know uh, so I I don't blame them from that standpoint but also I'm I'm wondering if you know if I was a pro wrestler and I was in their situations like on the card wise if I was mid card or below that if I was offered this, would I take it? And I kind of think I would have to weigh my pros and cons, and the cons, to me, would outweigh the pros. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've i never been knocked completely unconscious. I've been hit in the face before, but I've never been knocked unconscious. 
and I do not want to know how that feels. <laughs> no, I I used to box for a little bit. I, I just training, nothing like serious. But I've gotten punched in the face a couple times. It's not a good feeling. Uh, no, it sucks. It might have felt better if there was money involved, but uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's still, it's just, uh, that's something, you're a pro wrestler, man. That's, you don't get into, bu- into the business for that kind of, kind of crap. It just did not make any sense. Logistically. Because yeah, that's something I don't think people realize getting, if you've never been punched in the face, it legit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it is not, there's nothing about it. That's fun. Uh, even getting slapped in the face. Is not fun? If it's a real hard slap, even that, I mean, that can sting for a while. Uh, you know, so there's all kinds of just anything to the face does not feel good. No. No, not not one bit. And you know, pro wrestlers, you're, you're, you're taught you're taught to not stiff guys, right? You're not taught not to yeah. punch in the face, and not. And if you do get punched in the face, to you know, give them a receipt, and that should be the end of it. But uh, yeah, one of my favorite stories is I think it was Ric Flair, and he was talking about how he was trying to when he was first getting into the business and he wanted to get better. He would set up like a string or something. He would hang it from a doorway, and he would throw punches at it. And when he could throw a punch to it and it not move. Uh, you know, like from like, you know, from the wind from his fist wouldn't blow it or whatever. Yeah. He knew he could throw a punch really well. Yep. We were taught with, uh, with the wall, with the wall, uh, try to punch a wall. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, that's, that's the way we were taught up in Rochester, but, uh, but yeah, brawl for all, we highly recommend it for the dark side of the ring. Uh, it, it was very insightful. Uh, you get a lot of cool insight and, and, you know, everybody loves to hate on Vince Russo, and this is a classic hate on Vince Russo type of documentary. So I think you'll like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a character, right? Bro, <laughs> he's kind of like bro. he's kind of like WWE's, uh, you know, or pro wrestling's Joe Exotic in a way. Oh my God! Yes. Yes, yeah. that is the most that is a the character. That's the greatest comparison I think you could. <laughs> if Joe Exotic was from New Jersey. Or wherever he's, or New York, wherever he's from, <laughs> wherever uh, Russo's from, and had that accent, said bro all the time. Uh, there, you'd have it right there. Uh, like if if it came out that Vince Russo owned tigers uh, or some other exotic animal, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do an episode where I talk like Vince Russo for the entire time, entire oh, time. Please do entire time. <laughs> please do, bro. Please did do. you watch WrestleMania 36 last night, bro? Bro, bro, bro. Uh, but yeah, that's our brawl for all. And he's like, oh man, and you know, he also has his Carol Burnett because that's Cornette. <gasps> oh, Carol Baskins. Yeah, his Carol Baskins is uh, it's Cornette. <laughs> I love my favorite. One of my favorite parts of that whole documentary is I, I I've known for a long time because they say it on they make it very public. Both of them, they're disdain for each other. Uh, it's very well known. Uh, but there, but, uh, <laughs> but Russo was like, yeah, so he literally called and threatened my life. And then, and then the <laughs> Cornette's like, yeah, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> You're damn right. I did. Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> there was a, there's like a 30 or 40 minute video, maybe even longer than that of Jim Cornette just shooting on people. And it, yeah. it, it separates it into, into different people who he's shooting on. And the Vince Russo segment is like the longest one, followed closely by Shawn Michaels. Oh, my God. So, so good. Jim Cornette is really good at storytelling. I don't care who, you yes, know, he is, whether yeah. you love him or hate him, he's really, really good at telling his story. I am hooked when he talks. And, of course, people don't. He's always been a he, – he may say – not may. He does say things that are highly inappropriate. Yeah. But he – but – 
He's a good talker. <laughs> he is. He's a fantastic talker. No, I I, yeah. I do enjoy Jim Cornette. I know a lot of people. It's uh it's emotionally, it, it it's emotion. It gives like an emotional rise to a lot of people. But I can like sit there and simmer through it. I'm like, oh, I'm entertained. But yeah, I have it. I think he's working us most of the time anyway. I think personally. so too. That's the, that's the feeling I get from him. I think so too. Uh, but yeah, um, and he's a walking encyclopedia of wrestling. He really he is. loves history. He uh, loves wrestling history. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen his house, like his upstairs in his attic? I think it was on uh, one of the Vice uh, Dark Side of the Rings last year. I think so. Yeah, he had a whole collection of old posters, like rules, yeah, yeah. Uh, memorabilia. It was awesome. It's it's really really it's really really cool. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, that's Jim Cornette. But but yeah, that's our Dark Side of the Ring talk, and that's Brawl for All. Brawl for All. Make sure you go check yeah, it out. Brawl for All. It is available for free on yeah. YouTube. All I got to do is just sit down and enjoy it. Um, and I'm sure you, everybody has, well, most people, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people have, you know, time to kind of go. If you're listening to this podcast, you have time to go watch Dark Side of the Ring. But yeah. uh, we're going to get. It's a good watch. It is a good watch. Uh, we're going to get to our main subject of the day. And it's been. A, I feel like it's been a while. Well, sort of. We did a draft last week. I feel like it's been a while since we've actually done lists. Um, but maybe that's just because I just returned two weeks ago. But. Uh, today, <laughs> today we're going to cover top. Uh, our, our, myself and Jenny are going to reverberate off each other. But we're going to discuss our favorite, uh, like debuts. I think that's that's the way way we want to yes. go with it. So, favorite pro wrestling debuts. That's going to be the subject yeah, of today. Yes, and this is our personal one. So, uh, we're not going from like you know uh, what we think in the terms of pro wrestling history is the best ones. These are my personal favorite yeah, ones. Absolutely. Um, I can go first. Yeah, go yeah. First. Start off. I say, I say, we get this big one out of the way because I, I got a feeling this will be on your list too. Uh, so I'm going to get this one out of the way. Uh, they were. I remember this very well. They were were having a countdown on Raw, uh, and every week the number would get lower and lower, and it's getting close to the year 2000. So we didn't know what was happening here. Uh, and every week countdown, countdown. Then I remember the Rock was in the ring giving a promo. This is when he's at the top of his Rock powers. And the countdown comes on and it hits zero. Then all of a sudden, Y2J appears. And gets to go on his very first episode of Raw, goes back and forth with The Rock. If that's not a ringing endorsement of Chris Jericho and what they thought of him, I don't know what is. But man, what a debut, what a lead up to a debut. And I could never, ever take that away from him. You know, you know, Jericho always has a really good way of entrances, intros, returns. His were always yeah. the best. Like I can sit on YouTube and watch him uh, all day long, all day long. Uh, any any kind of return he has, so that's that's an excellent one. Um, I'm gonna do my first one. Uh, I pop for this. I never thought I would see it in my life, and uh, it was just a couple years ago at the Royal Rumble. It was. AJ Styles debut in WWE. Uh, a man. Oh, that's a good one. A man who turned him down back when he was a lot younger, um, because he wanted to, to, you know, he had a wife and a kid on the way, and he wanted to be that parental figure. And then he just he shows up. You know, he just such a good talent, like one of the best talents never debut in, in WWE. And he shows up in the Royal Rumble. I think he was, 
I don't know if he was the first or yeah, I think he was the second entrant, second or third, or he was early on. And he comes out and his music plays and you're like, oh, who's this? And he comes out with the glass or the, the gloves. And I was like, oh my God, that was legit. That was a really cool moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. I popped uh pretty hardcore on that. Uh, uh, with him and with, uh, Samoa Joe. Those are two guys I always loved watching on the, on impact. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Kane. <laughs> That was definitely going to be on my list, so that's a good one. I have to go with Kane. Uh, Of course, Undertaker has always been a big deal, and when they were starting to have rumors that, you know, the Undertaker had a brother, you know, what's this all about? You know, the Undertaker's got a brother? You know, uh, one of the big things about Undertaker is having believable opponents for him to go against. Right. Uh, You know, I would say, like, that's. I mean, that's literally why Mick Foley got a job there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, is because they needed somebody who they thought could be believable to go up against Undertaker. Right. Uh, so uh, Kane, man, what did they be? How to go from uh, a dentist <laughs> <laughs> and fake Diesel and fake Diesel, yeah. Doctor Yankum and a fake Diesel to Kane? Wow, what a that's that that he's a great case of one giving somebody maybe a third chance is a is not always a bad bad thing. Because Kane stuck around for the longest time. Uh, I always loved Kane. I was a big Kane mark for a long time. Uh, I, if I'm being fair and honest, I I know people love Undertaker and I like Undertaker too. But I, I would vote Kane over Undertaker any day. <laughs> but I'm weird like that. Uh I can I can semi I can semi agree with that. My brother was a big Kane fan. He he always loved Kane more than Undertaker. Um. Yeah, that debut was that was powerful, man. That was a cool moment. You didn't know. It's gotta be. It's gotta be Kane. So good. <laughs> uh, you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know what he was. You know, was he gonna come out and and help the Undertaker? But he ends up tombstoning yeah. Undertaker, and I was like, whoa. Oh, I remember being a kid. What a great that. entrance too. Even yeah, even his entrance music was, is fantastic. He's never had a bad song. Never had a bad entrance song. No, uh, I agree. So excellent one. Uh, here, I'm going to go a little outside the box on this one. Uh, I'm going to go, I think it was 2004, it was the end of 2004, getting towards the end of 2004, and John Cena just won a best of five series to win the U.S. title from back from Booker T, and his first night after winning it, Carlito Caribbean Cool debuts, and ends up taking the title off of him in his first night. And I I remember being shocked back then. I didn't know. I didn't. There was a part. I didn't really know back then what pro wrestling was. Like, 2004, I, I kind of knew, but I hoped that it wasn't. And, uh, and then, like, they, <laughs> they said, that, like, that night, like, Jesus, uh, Carlito's manager at the time, Jesus, he, he attacked John Cena at a nightclub and stabbed him or, or something. And, they had this big run where Carlito and, and Jesus were defending the, the United States title like back and forth. I think Carlito was injured and Jesus would defend it for him and they it ended with a with a crazy like street fight uh deal and John Cena won it back and he debuted the spinner. But uh for that debut, that was cool because I didn't at the time I had wa- been watching it thoroughly again for about a year and a half at that point. Uh and I never seen people come in and win especially a title uh i was just yeah. shocked because i mean it does mean a lot too because 
I mean, that, that whole summer, John Cena was battling to get back that U.S. title. That was his first singles title. He, was, he battled for it. And then to win it back and then instantly put over Carlito for it, uh, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. So I, I thought it was a good sign. Carlito had a per, had a decent run. Uh, then he got really lazy and, and all junkied up and, and, and whatever. But uh, I did enjoy Carlito's tenure with uh, WWE for what it was. And then he, a couple years later, he went over to Raw and won the IC title from Shelton Benjamin the first night, too. So uh, it was... That was that was his like shtick everywhere he went. And the two shows he debuted on, he uh, he won the title first night. Yeah, but I'll never forgive him for kind of leading toward that spinner belt. Uh, I hated that thing with a passion. You hated that spinner belt? I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Wait, the the U.S. one or the WWE one? The big WWE one. Okay, I loved the U.S. one. I didn't care for the WWE one. It was it looked just so gaudy to me, like like over the top. No, it's it's kind of true. Yeah, belts don't to me to me yeah to me belts don't need gimmicks. They are the gimmick themselves. You know, that's fair. That's fair. But I will say that if there's ever a belt that I was to buy, replica championship that I would buy, it would be that U.S. Spinner title in a heartbeat. Uh, That's a good one though. That's a good one. I don't if you're gonna go out of the box, I am too. Um. Uh, it's no secret that Mick Foley is one of my all-time favorites, but one of my favorite things is when he literally literally debuted every single one of his personalities on one show. <laughs> you had you, know, you had you had Mankind, and he was talking to Dude Love, just so they could introduce Cactus Jack. Uh, I even I've watched that so many times; it's so fantastic. And I think he was going up against Triple H. And uh, the look on Triple H's face really sold it, too, when he saw Cactus Jack come out like, whoa, oh, you know. Uh, but, man, that is one of my favorite things. They really uh, they really did try to do some outside-of-the-box things with Mick Foley, which for most of the time, in my opinion, they worked most of the time. So, And that's one of them. I freaking loved it. Uh, so I'm going with the three faces of Foley being, uh, okay. being introed. Which one's your favorite Foley? Do you have a favorite Foley? It's probably Cactus. It's so tough for me, because I just like the guy in general. Uh, but I think I have a soft spot for Mankind just because that's the character that introduced me to him. So, No, that's fair. Yeah, he he had some cool... It was a very cool like idea. Like I, at first, like my my dad seen right through it. I remember being seven years old. I, I'm, my dad seen right through it, but I, I was like, oh, man. Uh, how... There's three different there's three different people and they all look like Mick Foley how they do it because they did the uh, I think it was later on they did the thing with Triple H and they were all talking to each other and I was like oh my god it was it was mind blowing yes. like him and Triple H were in a feud and then he had Do Love Mankind and uh, and Cactus Jack all talking to each other and I was like holy crap this is good stuff right here yep. <laughs> or in the in the immortal words of Vince McMahon that's good shit <laughs> uh. Let's see. That's a good one. I I will choose Taz's debut in WWE. Royal Rumble, I want to say 2000, oh. 2001. Uh Kurt Angle because it was at it was I love Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's like my favorite one of my favorites of all time and he's so talented and he was on a oh, little yeah. bit of an undefeated streak. And Taz comes out and chokes him out in like twenty something seconds, 
and it was in New York City. Huge pop. It might have been. It might have been WrestleMania 2000. I can't remember. Or uh, Royal Rumble 2000. I, I honestly can't remember. But yeah, he comes right out and he chokes him out in in like no time. And that's his debut. And and Taz had like a. Uh, Taz didn't have the greatest run in WWF, but it was a pretty cool debut that I don't think a lot of people expected. Uh, and but I, I was ex- I was excited for it. I remember being really uh, really psyched to see what he could do because I'd seen how good he was in ECW. Uh, so I was very excited for him to show up. And I think at the beginning he was very good, but uh, obviously some stuff happened that didn't go probably the way he would want. I would dare say, but. Uh, you know, now he's, uh, he did stuff with them for a long time. I mean, he went to commentating and now he, you know, does stuff with AEW. So he's, he's had a nice career, I think overall. He he has, I think it's gone a lot longer than, uh, than maybe he would have, uh, you know, maybe that he would have, uh, he thought it would have. So yeah. it's, it's good to see he's still relevant. Cause I do like Taz. Um, I can't stand Michael Cole, but when he was with Taz, it was a bearable combination. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I am a, uh, Okay, I'm going to say this with an asterisk here. I am a Michael Cole apologist, and the asterisk is, I'm not saying that he's my favorite because he's not, not even close. But I will say that I think that he's the one that we all blame for things, because <laughs> he's the voice. He's kind of the voice of WWE for uh, for you know our generation uh, watching this, because he's the one that came after two legends, Jr. Especially, uh, I mean, hard shoes to fill right there to start with. But also, we all know, like, he just, if we all know things, he's really just doing what he's told. So. Yeah, I just, I, I, unfortunately with, with me, and this is what killed pro wrestling for me, is that I've seen all these people in person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and how they act, and he was such a douchebag when I did extra work in WWE. Such a douchebag uh, to so many people. What a what a prick. But uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting on that book. For you oh, yeah. Guys. Uh, okay, so uh, my <laughs> yeah, it's your up, your up. My next one. Now, Matt, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I'm going with Scott Hall debuting, and then soon after Kevin Nash debuting, the Outsiders on WCW. I mean, that was not just a giant debut; that was a an, an earthquake, a seismic earthquake in pro wrestling when this happened. I mean, it was a talk of everyone. This is like pre, this is right when the internet was first kind of starting to be a thing too. Uh, so I remember this happening and I remember trying to get on my AOL, my free AOL sample that I had tried to uh, look up all I could about this, uh, about these two guys showing up because during this time I was just strictly a WCW guy. Eventually, I would get to where I would love both and watch both. But at this time, I was a WCW guy. So I didn't know who these two guys were uh, when I first saw them. I was young on top of that, too. But when they showed up, I was like, wow, these guys are pretty awesome. And I always had a thing. I always thought Scott Hall was awesome. Yeah, I did. I did. I loved him as Razor Ramon. I thought he was the coolest yeah. thing. And he, he went over there. And, uh, yeah, that was crazy because you didn't know how real that was. You yes. did not know. Yeah. Uh, they legit, they, they didn't like, they weren't open about how their character was. You legit thought that they were invading. Like if you were a fan and weren't privy to what pro wrestling was, you legit thought that they were invading. Right. They pretty much treated them. They talked like they were still with the WWF and there was like lawsuits and stuff involved because of that. Uh, 
but like legit ones. <laughs> There's legit like legit ones. It's, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a shoot or anything. There was a legit like lawsuit between like WWF and WCW that um, that Scott Hall and, and Nash were just too much like Diesel and Razor Ramon or something like that. And, and WWF owned those gimmicks at the time. Uh, they they still own the rights to that, which obviously they were doing the fake the fake characters for. But uh, yeah, they, they they it was legit, man. It, it it felt legit, and that's what made it so cool and so real. And that's why it's constantly referred to. It's one of the best pro wrestling moments of all time. Um, I mean, it, it's crazy too because Razor Ramon, as loved as he is, he was a guy who could just never get over the hump in WWF. Yeah, just never get over the hump. And to think that he went over to WCW and had as big of an impact as he did, it's it's uh it's pretty cool in hindsight. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Who's your next one? Um, I got one more. I don't know how many you got. I got, I got one joke one after this one. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I got a jokey one. Uh, but I'm going to go, this one was cool too. Survivor Series 2002 was, uh, Matt Hardy and Sh- I think Shannon Moore were out cutting this promo and this, and I think it was at around that time. And all of a sudden it's an MSG and all of a sudden the siren goes off. And Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner walks out, holler if you hear me. And uh, before he even did that, he, oh, you know, he, he comes to the ring, he beats him up, and then he yells, "Give me a fucking mic!" And I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> it's Scott Steiner." Uh, I'm a huge Scott Steiner fan, obviously for uh, for for many reasons. And that was like just a cool debut. I used to love his entrance theme song. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I played it in my in my car and then pulled over and then realized I was listening to Scott Sanders theme song at first. Um, it's, it's, it's scared. It, I've, I pooped myself on at least two, three occasions, but uh, that was just a cool debut. It was, it was powerful. Scott was like a big, a, a big time guy in, uh, you know, WCW towards the end of its run. And here he comes to WWE and he has this pretty big impact. He gets into a feud with triple H. And honestly, I was like, I was like, rooting for him to win the, the world title. I thought it would have been cool, but uh, Triple H got that six-foot shovel out and <laughs> buried him to the mid-card after that. But, oh, he did that to uh, everybody during that time. Everybody. Any, yeah. if, you, if you came from WCW, you were, getting the, you were getting the shovel, the long shaft of Triple H. That's what you were getting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I did not mean for that to end up how it did, but I, I'll roll with it. But yeah, it was a really cool. It was a really cool debut. Uh, man, Scott Sanders a great perform. Oh, what I, I was gonna say, like man, the Hardys seem to always be there for uh, the big guys to kind of get over. Have you noticed? I mean, didn't that, wasn't that how Lesnar kind of got over too? Just kind of destroyed them. <laughs> yeah, he ate Lesnar legit eight chair shots to the head. Like, yeah, no protected. And he just killed them. And yeah, they're fun to throw around. That's for sure. <laughs> and it, it just it just worked out really good. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Scott Steiner's gonna uh, my last uh, serious in, uh, debut. I can't wait to hear what your joking one is. That's the one I wanted to hear more than anything. Uh, I my last one. I'm going to go with. I would. I was. This is probably my most recent one too. Uh, they. We're having these vignette. The vignettes that would play. I never say that word right. So you know whatever. Uh, they'd have these videos, these little promos that would play to kind of lead up to these guys. And they were very strange and odd and cryptic. And I was like, what is, what is this? What is it? And then you would see like a rocking chair or something kind of. I was like, what is this? And then they debuted and they were even more strange. And I was like, who is this? And it was the Wyatt family. And I became a giant mark for them. 
immediately because I loved how they were presented. I loved how uh, Bray Wyatt would do promos. Like he sucked me in with his promos. I did. He had a cadence that worked that was different. Uh, the way he talked was different. That man, I just was like, I'm on board for this guy. I think the sky's the limit for him. And then of course they would go, and, you know, until recently he would never win anything and that kind of destroyed him. But, uh, but until then, man, what a, what a character. And he had, you know, heck he had Brody Lee on his side, you know, uh, you can't go wrong there. Uh, no, you can't. Uh, that's a really good one because that was powerful. I remember watching because I knew it was coming. Yeah, the first I, victim I was just, Kane of all people too. It was. Yeah. I had just moved back home from Rochester at that time. I was literally home for probably two or three, maybe two weeks at that time. I was sleeping. Actually, my bedroom was out in the sun porch because my parents didn't have room for me uh, to move in completely yet. So I used to sleep on the sun porch where there was a TV out there. I remember watching it. And, oh, my God, such a good feeling. Such a good feeling. Because I had just worked with with Brody Lee previous, the, the previous year. Was still in pretty, you know, good contact with him. And to, uh, you know, to see him on, like, TV, like, that was that was cool for me. Uh, but, of course, you know, just the whole Wyatt family all around was, was neat. I do got a funny story uh, with the entrance, the production part. Okay. So, uh, I love... Uh, one of my favorite features about the newer WWE games is the community creations. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I I downloaded some characters and I made them come out to Bray Wyatt, the, the Wyatt family entrance and stuff. And it was actually really, really creepy. Uh, I did Mario, Luigi, and Wario. And, uh, <laughs> and they came out to the Wyatt family entrance. And the way that their like, faces were... It, oh, the lighting was just terrifying, and that's that's how they debuted. That's how I had them come out in the video game. <laughs> is that your is that your funny debut? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, I should just love messing around with that sort of thing. But um, no, that's an excellent one. Uh, Shield one was pretty cool too, and of course, yeah. it, it, them at uh, Elimination Chamber like 2014, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. Like. Best one of the matches of the decade that was so good that six man tag match Shield and Wyatt family hit. But uh, my joking debut, uh, I'm gonna go. I, he was referenced in the in the <laughs> in the uh, dark side of the ring video, but I'm gonna go Mantar. Uh, <laughs> gotta go Mantar. Gotta go Mantar in uh, in this one because <laughs> it was so short lived and. And, like, I just want to know what happened in that production meet. Like, you know how I reference Vince McMahon's that's some good, you know, shit quote? Yeah. I want to just think, I, I, want, I wish I was a fly on the wall when he's standing at gorilla position and Mantar is getting set to go out and he goes, this is some good shit. Uh, like, I, I just want to picture him saying that. And then, of course, as seen in, in Dark Side of the Ring, he couldn't even get his head inside the, uh, he couldn't even get his head inside the the ring. It can't get between the ropes. He couldn't get it through. So, yeah, just awful, awful. But Mantar still gets bookings. Uh, I don't know if it's the original Mantar, but uh, Mantar is highly sought out. And yeah, I just man, nineties WWF was so bad, so bad. But yeah, that was that's my jokey debut because I, I just not buying it. Not I, I wasn't buying it. 
I can't believe I can't believe you weren't buying somebody who couldn't even get their head into the ring. <laughs> How could you? How could you not buy that? I don't know. I don't know. And then I got really excited a couple years ago. Remember El Torito? Yes. Yes. I thought that I thought he was Mantar returning, but just with a smaller <laughs> mask. And I was really upset when they didn't call him Mantar. And then he was really good. He's actually really good in the ring. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my jokey that's my jokey debut uh, story because ne- 1994, 1995 WWF was terrible. For gimmicky characters, got a lot of work. Like the people had some options. Isaac Yankum was was one of those options, and there's so many Abe Knuckleball Schwartz and and Lagoon. But Mantar is probably the one that stands out the most for me. Yeah, I I wonder how many people even remember Mantar. Honestly, you know, like like my joking one would be, and honestly, I don't even joke, and I really love this debut, but it's just because it's so funny. It was the Shockmaster? I mean, it's just kind of an easy one to throw out there. Uh, you know, I can watch that debut and still laugh, and I've watched it a hundred times, and I'd still laugh a hundred more if I watched it again. Uh, but that guy, but that guy also, uh, uh, you know, the former tugboat, uh, kind of ran with it. Like it, it, it probably. I'm not gonna say probably. It did ruin his wrestling career from there. Uh, but like he kind of ran with that after afterwards, sort of. So, uh, and he doesn't mind kind of. Yes, yeah. I was. Just... Yeah, very tough to get because I really wanted it, but it got too expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, it did. <laughs> literally, I don't know what they were thinking. They could have. Easily got sued. They could have easily got sued just for having a Star Wars helmet. <laughs> and I just remember, I, I pick up, I've watched that video so many times, I pick up little things now. Like, I just like hearing Ric Flair going, oh, God. <laughs> like, the second he trips and his helmet falls off, you can just hear Ric Flair going, oh, God. <laughs> Well, they built him up so huge, too. Like, he was going to be Sting's partner. Sting's mystery partner. And they built him up for, for all the marbles. And that's what happens. So that's my... That's probably, if I'm being fair and honest, my all-time favorite debut ever. And it could never be topped. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's already that's already my number one. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, but I think that wraps it up for today's episode. Pretty yeah. sweet lists. Uh, of course, hopefully Chris will be back next week. We'll get our WrestleMania talk on, and maybe we'll talk greatest botches, funniest botches, you know, moments that happened on TV that made us crack up, and, and probably some of the wrestlers crack up as well. But uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, tuning in. Uh, do we got anything, any announcements or anything? I don't know. Count us out. Oh,